Bourbon, J.T.S. Browns. So what beat me? Character. You're also a natural character. I've been telling her that. You know, <laughs> I got a natural character. No, that's not what I said, kid. I said you are a natural character. You're an incredible flake. Eddie? Is it all right if I get personal? What have you been so far? Eddie, you're a born loser. Okay, because I want to do some house cleaning. Yeah. And just because you got an email from Sean Oliver. Oh, oh we're going to talk this, about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, he, he was, he sounded annoyed. Uh, he had gone back and listened. He did what we thought he would do. He would listen and we would be like, Whoop, well, and he kind of, <laughs> let me see if I can phrase this right in the email to you. He kind of alluded that like, well, I wish I did, hadn't come in the line of fire because my name's Sean Oliver and I'm like tangently related to all this. I don't know what that means though. What, what, I don't know what he's he, trying it, to hint well, at. He <clears throat> talked about using a pen name. I guess maybe he really does wish he'd used a pen name. So that I, we wouldn't I, have even read it? I guess. He doesn't have such a giant reputation that it's overshadowing mm. his possible writing talent. <laughs> I right? told you, well, then point us in the direction of some good books. Yeah. Because... He himself, during the interview, was like, I don't remember. He had completely, it seemed to have erased Sophie's journal from his mind and kept reiterating that he'd like another shot at it, another pass at that. And uh, to be clear, really clear on the Sean Oliver thing, too, you, we were like, okay, he's going to definitely do an interview because he needs some validation for his not wrestling stuff. You're right. I probably didn't look at the inverse of why we'd be able to get him is why he wouldn't be able to handle criticism. So you, well, he thinks it's, he's a good, he thinks it's good. That's a, and uh, I would, you know what? And he's probably thinking, what did you have write? I would fucking put up anything. I write to Sophie's journal. Yeah. I literally ordered a book with my writing in it so that I could have it in case we All decided right. to read our writing. Good. And I'll be like, I wrote this in a weekend and it got put into a fucking stupid <laughs> book. Granted, my friend was the one he was like, the other guy bailed out. Help me. Uh, I have a deadline. Uh, okay. So <laughs> other than that, but no, you, so you said, well, I'm just going to email him and be like, I have some written questions and Sean to be clear. Let's underline it. Sean yes. <laughs> wrote back. Do you guys do interviews? I'd love to you know, like, I want to go on. Yeah. And so then we were in a pickle of like, well, we got to take advantage of that knowing probably that he would, then listen back as we talked about many times and we're like sorry sean we're about to bury you here uh we weren't we didn't pull look i tried to have that neutral uh interview as neutral as possible yeah, uh you did great you did I because just, it, you were <clears throat> the more vocal of the two of us in hating this book um Maybe I don't know. I think so, but you, I don't want to be look. But you didn't have to lie about the questions either. It wasn't, you know. Gosh, Sean, I really love what you did with this character. No, no. 
And if he would have said, what do you guys think of the book? But I think he knew the answer because he's always prefacing everything with, Boy, did I do a good job with that? If he would have said, did you like the book? I would have said, no, I did not like it. And he probably would have said something like, well, it was my first book, you know, and da, 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 da. So anyways, I just was like, we got that email and I was like, okay, let's just want to be clear. Sean brought this on himself. If he wasn't so goddamn thirsty, he wouldn't be now listening back and going, God damn it. Fucking assholes. And the the snarky email was in response to me sending him a link to the show. And which he probably went again. He probably thought before I send this out, did they even like it? <laughs> I should go listen to what they said. <laughs> What's going through his mind when he says not only did we he picks an episode out and we're not kind, but then it's like four of those. He's like, wow. <laughs> and hours of them burying me. That's nice. Uh, that's that's a spending that much time is a compliment on anyone. Love look, or hate. Bro, we always we always say, hey, they did it. They put out a book, even if it's self-published. They sat yeah. down and wrote away. We said that about Sean. We said it about Ben Peller. I'm, I don't know if I want to give Larry uh, Larry that credit. Uh, I feel like the other guy wrote it or something, the train guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he really went down and jotted all that down. Uh, but we give always give credit. And look, you put the book out there, brother. Okay, it can't all be people going. It was uh, what was the, the thread in the, all the reviews? It was a nonstop thrill ride. I couldn't put down. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe a woman came up to him at an autograph signing and said she loved the book, and that she that was and that the husband the was stage. there for a wrestling. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Maybe I'm being vindictive now. But <laughs> I don't. You know, he. Uh, who who would be triggered by that book, other than us? <laughs> I was definitely triggered by that book. I was angry with that book. Um, okay, well now this is a this is a dear Tony Workers Club collab because I couldn't get the damn Mick Foley book in time. Not anybody's fault. And I'm like, I you know I'm I'm 32 pages in. I'm gonna get more in. I'll probably crack it to a hundred at least. That's a good okay. It's an easy read. Yeah, I'm flipping through it, uh, and also, but and all, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's all coming back to me. So, but that's coming. It's. But I've been. Wondering, I don't know if you feel this way. Uh, Does it? There's. I don't know. Maybe it's just because. Listen, we went from a really bad novel. Before that was Brett being just Brett for 570 yeah. pages. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been tearing apart bad writing for so long that mix like I'm not really nitpicking anything. Unless uh, it's being a little weird, but it, like nothing writing wise, yeah. it's he's a pretty nice and easy. I his sentences uh, flow. He's uh, he's writing with a smirk, planted on his face. He's he does enjoy himself. Uh, I have notes. Uh, some are good, uh, and and also yeah, from my memory of it, uh, reading it the first time. Uh, I mean, I do. Brett was on my mind as I was reading this book. Started yeah. to I was, and Brett was not on my mind the first time. <laughs> and I, you know, so many people say Brett's the best wrestling book. Is it? 
is it? <laughs> or is it Mick Foley's book? I think the bar is really low too, though. Yes, no, the bar is very, like very low for four that qualify, <laughs> and then everything else is bad. Chris Jericho's fanning out all six of his books. Uh, like, what yeah. about me? <laughs> Have you ever read Mox's book? No, no, no. I, I don't think it's, I could. It's so. I yeah, I credit the guy for writing it. It's definitely, <laughs> it's in his voice, which. Okay. For me, that carries a lot. Like when it's in somebody's voice, and you're like, "I yes, I get what they're putting across." That that's a lot. So it definitely reads like he sat down and pecked it out. You okay. know, uh, good or bad, I I appreciate it when I can hear the uh, author in my head. Which is why Sean's book was so. Uh, I can hear Sean, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I didn't yeah. like it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially not when he's swearing at us. I could have asked about the narrator thing. I could have yeah. really dug in on this guy and been like, guess what? It's a fucking trap, bro. Here we go. And I was like, come on, the guy, he's trying. So I just asked nice questions. Yeah. Give the us a good book. The lightning round was a nice touch. It was a good interview. I was, I was trying. <laughs> yes, just get a little to know the guy. Then he got a little guarded. I felt like on the lightning round. You know, it's kind of I don't know about guarded, but it's very kind of like, look, the hot the the cigar movie magazine was like <laughs> bullseye. <laughs> yeah. We knew our subject. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I think so that's when I, think I brought up like, the wrestling oh. crossover, he's like, that's very astute. There is none. <laughs> yes. Sean, and, uh, Sean. Maybe that's why Sean was annoyed. He was like, God damn it. They've got my fucking number. <laughs> you can try that with the other dopes. Not, not, not on the workers club. You can go to the book readings and everyone's going to believe that Todd is God and da, 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 da. And want to know. No, not here. <laughs> and you know what it makes me want to do in spite is and we've talked about it before teaming up to write somebody's biography yeah yeah just incredible uh val venus we can probably go down the list and throw some offers at him wow val venus <laughs> my god what would that be i feel like val venus you you're like okay and it starts out, it'd be like in a horrible movie where you're like, okay, haha, we're having fun here. And then he keeps calling us and he yeah. won't stop. And now it's like, now he's watching us. He's traveled to <laughs> the Midwest First Amendment watch. audits on us. Yes, yes. He's like, uh, now we're on a list with him for some reason. <laughs> Alvinus. What's he think about? It? You think does he think because Edge is in AEW now he's got a shot at maybe getting a, a pass in AEW? Uh, no, I don't think he's that okay. really. He's in completely cut up. He's okay. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, full on, he's a full on sovereign citizen. Yeah, he's he's one of these. Uh, weird well, what are what are borders? I know. <laughs> I mean, we follow the maritime laws. I don't know if you know yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the Larry household, personally, or just no in this landmass in this oh, landmass okay. that oh, ceased okay. to be in eighteen twelve after the passage okay. of the Eleventh okay. Amendment or something. Okay, I got nervous. <laughs> I thought maybe you go out to the wife and go maritime law. You know what that means? <laughs> Those are guilty pleasures. 
like those videos on YouTube. Well, they're very interesting cars? people. Sovereign citizens. They're their own oh, category. Like, oh, it's its own genre. Okay, yeah, the people who think they have found no, they think they have found loopholes in the Constitution that they don't need a license to drive because <laughs> it says that we are free to travel. So when the cop pulls them over for having no license, it's always people whose licenses are suspended. So it's never there's always a reason for it. Is the cop wow. pull them over and be like, you don't have a license? Then they go, I don't need a license to, to travel. I'm traveling, not driving. My, my mind traveling. is like it's <laughs> the clogs are turning because I love niche groups and I mm. don't I was not aware of the sovereign citizens group. And see, you'll like it because there's a sect off of them too. <laughs> oh no, which is, uh, the Moorish Americans. They believe uh, Morocco owns America and that okay. they are Moorish. Even though, you know, the people of Northern Africa don't look like, you know, sub-Saharan Africans, right? Yeah. Like people in Morocco are kind of Middle Eastern looking. But these right. people think they're descendants of Moors <clears throat> and that they own the United States. So they'll um, squat in homes and say that they own it because it's of this, all, this 1796 all... treaty that was actually signed. We, we talk a lot about, <laughs> I'd say maybe the biggest theme of this whole sh show is always uh, dumb guys that think they're smart or dumb, smart guys. Yeah. You ever run into guys like that where you, you're pretty sure you're smarter than them, but then they say stuff and they're like, yeah, I'm read up. And they have that kind of like thing like, yeah, I, I Googled it. I know what's up. They've memorized <laughs> a very specific these these more is that what I'm doing? Is that what you're saying? No, I feel like no, I feel like the people oh, that are that. squatting or they're driving without a license, they're like, sure, okay, how I gotta I have to excuse this behavior, but I gotta right. sound smart, but they're That's dumb as hell. Yeah, yeah, okay. At least I'm not that <laughs> dumb. I'm like dumb. I don't know how to describe my my uh, dumb qualities, but I'm not like memorizing one Wikipedia page so that if I'm in a thing with an officer of the law. I'm like section 32 of the accord, bro. Yeah, it's silly. So there's just compilations of those people getting their windows broken mm -hmm. by police. <laughs> it it's it's so gratifying. Yeah, because they don't believe that the cop has authority over them. So uh, man. it's so fun. I think my favorite cop video of all time is the guy that went to, you know, of course, he's I think he's a weirdo who harasses police officers and that that's all he does. And that's what it's fun to harass police. Officers. But uh, <laughs> but if you're like, that's your whole deal. Uh, but he goes to the police station and talks to them like they're drunk. Oh, Have you ever seen that video? No, no, that's I Very, it's, a, it's, it's an eye. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps going. Uh, you OK? You all right? <laughs> It keeps asking for their ID and stuff like that, kind of talking down to them a little bit. Huh. Uh, no, it's good. And the, they, they, uh, the police officers get irritated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man, I have to send you that link. Okay. So, crossover collab. I cannot wait to tell my wife about sovereign citizens. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm geared up. Uh, we're going to talk about. A movie because I want I've been wanted Larry's a a, a a cinephile you know he's a cultured person just like myself he likes a good <laughs> a, a good flick he's you know he, he knows uh, the gods Martin yeah. Scorsese uh I don't know who else I would consider a god of cinema he's like my go-to Spielberg uh, 
Sure, him. Not me. Not me. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'll agree to it, even though I'm not a huge Spielberg guy. Uh, well, I got to say, the other podcast is Done Done. It's Done Done. So Larry's movie. So this might be your next movie outlet. I have not heard from either of those people in three and a half weeks. <clears throat> it'll it'll kick back up. Didn't it have a hiatus before? Oh. It had a hiatus before. And then it'll no, even if we did cancel it, I'd heard. I don't know what happened. Still, people are still streaming, but uh, oh lord, yeah, Nate, so if you're I, listening, I've, very I finally naughty. not this past week was the first week where I'm like, I'm not blocking out that time on Friday. Oh, Friday, you know, okay. that was when it was, so yeah, so we're done, done. So I need somewhere to talk about movies, okay, and then this is it, this is it right here, and this is guess what, Larry, the burden of taking notes. It's over, baby. Yeah, good. I've got I've seen this movie a million times. I got six pages of notes Jesus on this. Jesus Christ. So Larry and I watched The Hustler, nineteen sixty one, directed by Robert Rawson. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh I didn't see who the director uh, was. It's Robert Rawson. It could be Rosen, but I think it's Rawson. And uh what's he done? Well, that's the thing. He was he he died. Uh let's see, he died. 66. Yeah, so not long after this, you know, and he was how old was he here when he died? Uh you know, he was old. He was an older guy, but because of when he came in with film and stuff like that, I felt like in my mind, I'm like, man, what if him and Paul Newman made another movie? Granted, they had probably time after 1961, but I was just, I have this thing with him where it's like, dude, that yeah, guy just started cooking. Yeah, I didn't know his uh, story. It's it's an interesting. He, uh... he made All the King's Men, which is one of my also one of my favorite books of all time. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not. To be fair, I have never seen the movie because the book, it's one of those. Now, it's here's the, the uh, Southern populist politician guy, right? Yep. Robert yep. Penn Warren. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Uh, uh, Willie Stark. And yes, you've got it's always uh, been on the list, but I've never. Dude, I love that book. Okay. And I was so excited when they made the not. I mean, it's been a while now, but they had like Sean Penn and Jude Law. And then they had a. Uh, mm. Oh, the guy from Bad News Bear, Jackie Early Haley. And I was like, oh, that's such a good casting for that. Oh, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, this is good. This is like prestige. And then I don't think I ever saw it. Or if I did, I was so <laughs> unimpressed that I was like, that's not like the book. The book's so fucking good. Uh, now, The Hustler is a book. And I have read that. And, I've seen, and the movie is better than the book, I would say. <laughs> Okay. So, before we even get into this, oh man, yeah, we're gonna put that other cast to shame right now. Your, ex what was your vibe coming in without having seen the Hustler? What sure. were you thinking? I hate pool. I think it's for low class people. <laughs> okay. See. Okay. I, I think I it's Larry. The kind of people who history. hang out. In pool halls are I don't know where they rank next to people who go to bowling alleys on a regular basis, but they're close. Mm. <laughs> yes, that's interesting because my knee jerk was 
I know it's uh, a different pool, time too. Pool but... higher was knee jerk, but then I went, God, I've played, I've played a decent amount of pool, <laughs> and I don't know. I think I like the bowling people better. Yeah. So the that was my only. People, you know what pool people remind me of? Poker people. Oh, a little man. bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of that thing where you're like, "Are you good? Are you good? I don't know. I don't know. I'm better than you. Are you?" And then bowling people are just like, "I'm trying my best. We're, we're having. Is there food nearby?" Yeah, nothing okay. like some mozzarella sticks at the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you? So you don't like pool? I do like pool, and uh, probably if, it wasn't even. I would say influenced by this movie. My uh, dad and his brother, they're like, oh, they, I mean, I'm not good compared to that. I mean, they're good for like a normal person. Like where you're like, wow, you sink a lot of shots. Uh, And they attribute that to, they played growing up, they would have to go to a boys club. They called it a boys club where I think they just shoved a bunch of kids into like a, like a room, a large room with wreck stuff. Okay, and uh, they would have to. They played just. They played and played and played and played, and that's what they attribute. And they and as they grew up, they played in bars, and there was something to do in the seventies. Play pool, 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 and this movie kind of rounder style is attributed to a big boom in pool playing in America. People saw the hustle, <clears> just like they saw Rocky. They went, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna run and eat eggs." Yeah, they saw the hustle. And they went, "God damn, I gotta play some fucking pool." So. I don't know. I mean, 61, that was a while before the this whole thing, but I could see it kind of carrying over to... Sure. It's still in the in, in the ether. Uh, my greatest pool stories though, are not even me of being good. One, I was playing, uh, my brother and I were, we were camping, and then they know you have that main lodge building of the, mm-hmm. uh, pro- or the park, yeah. and there was a pool table, and I was like, oh, let's play. And... Uh, no matter uh, what, run the table all night. Well, no, I was. <laughs> what happened is I made my brother upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I would knock something in, and I'd go hole in one, and uh, he wouldn't like that. And then I like hit a ball and it wouldn't go in, but then I'd get it in the next. You know, it was my turn again. I get in and I go hole in one, and it just started <laughs> where he was like, "All right, what are you doing?" And then I feel like my memory, I started doing it in Yoda's voice to really aggravate him. Mm, holy <laughs> and it just got worse and worse. And okay. uh, the other one was uh, we were at a bar uh, and I used to frequent a lot and my brother's there. I think like my brother was there. And there was a kid who uh, was a graphic artist guy who I knew uh, and he wanted to play pool with my brother and I, and he was playing with somebody else. And uh, we kept chalking our hands. Okay. And then we go behind the guy and we, it became a, how many handprints can we get behind on his mm. back? And we'd come and we'd pat him on a good shot, good shot. Or we'd rest our hand on him. And then, cause he had this dark uh, Navy, uh, bla- <laughs> like a uh, dress shirt on. And it became once one I probably started it of like watch this, and then it became a thing. It wasn't even about the pool. It was uh, can, can we get this guy to walk out with handprints all over his back? Sure, that's fun. That was it. Yeah. 
Pool, I don't, I uh, mean, yeah, I guess, and I'm thinking about it, I was like, yeah, then over there's a bar across from the shop, yeah, we used to play a pool there a lot, and you play for a buck or something like that, and I, one time I had somebody hustling, said, oh, do you, are you hustling, and I said, no, I'm just bad, and if I keep <laughs> playing, I get better, because I don't play enough, so then when I first start, I'm just really shitty, uh, so, what Paul Newman? Where's Where's darts on the list? I hate darts. I can't stand <laughs> okay. I can't stand it. Which is funny. I think because why I prefer pool above if you're gonna do something. I don't. Okay, so I don't know about you, but bars. I don't like TVs. Kino's fine. No TVs. I don't like TVs. I like it to hmm. be dim. A pool table's fine. Darts. I can't stand. And you know why I can't stand darts? Why? Because you have to be constantly. If there's no room to kind of like pool, you can kind of chit chat, yeah, and talk. The darts, you're throwing the darts, <laughs> then you got to go retrieve the darts. Then the next guy's throwing the darts. What are you talking? There's nothing to talk. Anything to, to taking away from shooting the shit, chopping it up. I can't okay. stand it. People staring at a game that they're not interested in, can't stand it. You know, because then you can get involved and go. Hey, I told you to pick four. God damn it. <laughs> Gambling's fine, but no, I don't. I need certain things in a bar. So, okay, Paul Newman, thoughts? He's the major star in 1961. This is like one of his first, uh, not his first by any means, but you know. But it's before Butch Cassidy, right? Is that 64? It is. It is. No, uh, Butch Cassidy, uh, you have to go to 69, I do believe. Oh, Really? Okay. Going Luke's is 60. I might. Oh, let me see here. I might be wrong on this. I no, you check. might be right. Let me see if I'm right here. 61. Yeah. Ooh, 66. Going Luke's 67. Yes. Push can 69. What am I thinking for 64? I'm thinking of HUD, which is 63. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, right. It's a, the only notable thing before this was Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which yes. I've seen. But, uh, have seen you? it love okay. it uh he paul newman also played that uh same uh character brick on stage <clears throat> and so he's fully aware that brick is supposed to be gay and oh. he really pushed for that character to be like he had to compromise they're like we're not doing that because yeah. the question is why is he not into this Elizabeth Taylor type character who's all over him. Right. Because he's, he's his heart is somewhere else. Uh but no long hot summer, that's kind of where he blows up. Uh somebody up there likes me. He also kind of yeah, put him up. That's 1956. He plays Rocky Marciano. Uh right, Rocky Marciano. Is that who it is? Uh, he called Rocky Graziano. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a boxer thing. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's fine. You know, <laughs> you know, he's fine. <laughs> he's good. I'm a Paul Newman. I tell you what, this I might know. start. This is might be starting as a tour of Paul Newman. <laughs> uh, Paul Newman. For my money, you can't match it. Of like movie quality looks, and then this yearning within himself to do these roles that are like shit heels and uh 
he never did like any like uh grand hero like he I mean, yes he does do some stuff where he's like a if you went up and down you'd find somewhere he's the hero i suppose but it's always like with the like a little like but more often than not he's playing a guy that's a like a, a bum to in various aspects yeah that's interesting I'm uh, just looking through the list and you're kind of, I mean, I don't know a lot of the sixties films, but like HUD shit heel. Uh, have you seen sometimes Harper. great notion? I have not seen that. I have okay. not seen sometimes a great notion. It's a Keezy uh, book. <clears throat> Should we do that one? Ken I Kesey, one I you know, Ken Keezy, right? I know that you like him. No, I'm just saying, you know who oh. he is. Yeah. Let me see. Hold on. He wrote it in. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Now you say that. Yes, I do know who that is. The Merry Band of Pranksters. Yes. It's about Oregon loggers. I think I saw it once many years ago. Let's see. Where is that one? But Uh, definitely not a hero in that one. No. Uh, You got Harper. He plays like a, you know, a. He's he's like using old coffee filters, you know. He's a hard, he's a private <laughs> detective. Frank Sinatra wanted to play Harper. There's okay. a lot of roles you you'll go into and you'll read about, and it's like Paul Newman. They wanted Paul Newman. Frank Sinatra was like, "I'll do anything to play this role." Bush gets sent criminal life and times. Judge Rubin. He's a loot like Judge Rubin is a wild man. The Sting. He's an out. You know, he's a bum. He's a drunk. Towering Inferno, that's the whole movie. That's just a 70s disaster movie yeah. where Steve McQueen was like, we're going to get diagonal billing. Nobody can be above <laughs> each other. Uh, Buffalo Bill and the Indians. Again, Buffalo Bill's like kind of a loser. Slapshot, great movie. Tremendous movie. He's a loser. Uh, yeah. Fort Apache, you know, he's a cop. And, you know, it's, it's very like New York. <laughs> Fort okay. Apache. I've never heard of that movie. Uh, I saw it a million years ago. It's very like this is what the city is. Uh, sure. Let's see. The verdict: drunk, hearing son, bad dad, color money. Eddie Felson again. Uh, I took a proxy. Throws himself out of the window. Uh, <laughs> nobody's fool. Nobody likes him in the town. He's like that guy in the town, the old man that just everyone hates. Where the money is, a uh, robber, road to perdition, uh, mob killer, <laughs> like head chief. Cars. He's the hero in cars. He's like the old. <laughs> he's the old guy there. Um. Okay, so you have no opinion. You're fine with Paul Newman. He's not winning you over with this. Okay, let's dig in. So, a big thing of this movie the hustler is is drinking and it starts it opens up what is jts it's a it's a it's a whiskey it's a or okay. bourbon. it's a, the guys that make i think makers mark make it and i've never had it you think i would have found it but it's i don't think they like make it a lot uh, okay let's see here jts brown bourbon yeah it's still still made so he likes his bourbon. Um, but it starts out, which I love in that this movie starts out, you know, it's, it's the hustler, but it starts out, some guys roll up. They come into the bar. They're like, uh, hey, we're salesmen. You know, they're kind of chit-chatting with everybody. 
They go, hey, there's a pool table. You want to play a friendly game? And they're playing. And so here's what I'm talking about. What this movie is big about drinking. So a big thing about uh, Fast Eddie Felson is that he cannot hold his liquor. But in this scene, he has to act like he cannot hold his liquor. So he's acting drunk. So Paul Newman's acting fake drunk. And then later he has to act real drunk. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, that's true. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it's not the craziest thing. <laughs> but... It's not crazy. But then it begins to thinking about. No, I, you're right. You're right. Drunk, I, I have not acting, thought about that. Drunk acting in movies. Yeah. Do you have anybody that comes to mind where you're like, that's good. They look fucking drunk. Being impaired is so hard. I it's almost ninety percent of the times hokey. I can't and think of a great drunk. I can think of one great high person, but no drunks. What's the, who's the great high person? I thought Michael Imperioli and Sopranos. <laughs> he I, has. I think. I think he, I think he really got fucking high well, even, to know how it do... felt. The way he lolls about, <laughs> like his eye, like his <clears throat> eye, when yeah. he'd have this, like, <laughs> uh, dude, you're right. Like the way his, like, how can you do that sober if you can make your eye, like, be like, I don't know, like I can't yeah. even do it. Like I'm thinking about it. Like how do you? To make where you're not face? reacting to what's in front of you, you're like following it slowly. Yes, he's like two <clears throat> minutes behind Tony. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, what? <laughs> it's out of the way he moves. Yes, the way he, everything yeah. is. That's very good. My knee jerk, of course, everybody points to Nicolas Cage as oh, a drunken. No, I, yeah, no, no but that's just Nicolas Cage being fucking. I'll tell you what I like about Paul Newman's, at least here, when he's acting fake drunk. When he's, uh, you know, uh, he does a thing when you've been drinking where. Like he goes to reach for a ball and his weight carries him a little bit too much. And he like kind of like, you know, we're like, and I'm fine. He taps the ball. He's a lot of touching of things like touching yeah. the table and he touches his shirt a lot. And he's kind of bre not breathing heavy, but he's like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of. Sure. I think Paul Newman does a pretty damn good job of, uh, you know, because then later it is, I think. At least I see in my thing of being obsessed with of like a subtle difference when he's actually drunk as opposed to when he's kind of playing it up and being like, yeah, I of can't. course. Uh, <clears throat> he, I think also because of the movies back in the day, what they were like, you know what, you got to add if he's really drunk and Sheen of Sweat. God damn, he's, <laughs> he's just like getting worn out and grizzled. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great little setup. I wish movies did this more often. You know, I feel like. Nowadays, it would be different where it'd be like, how do we explain hustling? It'd be like this walk and talk of like, he would be explaining hustling. Yeah. Instead, you just see it play yeah. out. No, you're right. He fucking, you're, and then you go, and it all, it's just a little cute. George Clooney would kill it if he was a young man where he gets everybody in the bar invested in this one stupid shot that he made that he made and everybody thinks it was just like a lucky shot 
And then as he goes down again to shoot it, he has a little a little smirk to himself on his face. And then it cuts to them in the car again, and he hands over big wad of bills. They got him. They got everybody. Yep. <clears throat> and, of course, yeah. that Charlie guy, he's a classic, you know. If you were like, hey, I got to get a Charlie guy, an old guy that's a weathered road man. Sure. You're getting this <clears throat> guy. Uh, what was his name? Murray McClintock or something? McCormick? Yeah. My God, he's that guy. <clears throat> that's another thing when you're watching this movie. You ever watch old movies, Larry, and you're like, Nobody looks like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for it's sure. It's just brimming with people that are like, they have character in their face. They're not even character actors. They just look weird. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, could you, where do you find these people that look weird? And that's the one guy I looked up. <clears throat> I think his name is Billy. He talks to him for a brief second uh, in Louisville, maybe. In Louisville. Oh, Finley? No, no, not not the guy he plays. This guy's in it for five seconds. He's like, hey, uh, you know, Eddie. He's like, oh, Billy, how you doing? Oh, yeah, no, no. Yes, that, that guy's, guy's in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yes, yes. Right, He's, I'm like, uh, I've yes. seen that guy. And that what a bizarre-looking guy and just had bit parts for his whole life and never. Yes, he always was just, yeah, popping up and things being like, Rah. you know, one flew over. He's the, uh, like, what does he say? He's like peculiar. He's one of those guys jumping yeah. in on that peculiar. <laughs> uh, so, and then it, it jumps into the credits, which is like jazz music. You know. I like the original jazz score. Uh, what's that guy's name that did the music? Kenzie something or other. Yeah, it's original. Uh, Kenzie, um, Kenyon Hopkins. Yep. Uh, I'm watching it again. And you guys just want it in real friendly while the money's happening. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm acting out scenes for Larry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Well, okay. So in the book, a place that Eddie plays at a lot is, and it might be the main place where he goes to, it, it all takes place. If I remember right, Chicago and, uh, Eddie's from Oakland, California. Uh, but uh, he plays at a place called Wilson's hmm. a lot. And I think, but in the movie, it's Ames. I don't remember in the book it's Ames or if it's Wilson's. I can't remember. But they go to Ames. And this is another thing I like about the movie is that it starts like it starts with like it's like a rock. You're in it quick, yeah. Yeah, it starts with what you would think would be the end. It's the it starts with the battle between the two guys, and you're like you're you're in it, but it starts off very like slow. Too at the same time, it's a two hour movie, and you're like, it starts off showing like how. Uh, it's got the guy I like this. I like watching people work. It starts off with the guy. He's going around. He's taking off the covers. He's opening up the blinds. They're sweeping, you know. It's the start of a day at Ames. And uh, Eddie comes in with uh, Charlie. Charlie's nervous, which, again, perfect guy. He just looks mm -hmm. like flop sweat all the time. So but Eddie says one of the first things. That kind of defines Eddie, where he, he gets asked, he a gets asked, how do you feel? 
and Eddie says, Eddie's cocky because the guy goes, uh, I think Eddie asked for a drink, which is, again, telling you what Eddie's all about. <laughs> and he goes, there's no bar. You know, it's just right, pool. only pool. Yep. And, it, you know, and Eddie, this is Ames, mister. And then Eddie walks away and says, this is Ames, mister. <laughs> and uh, Charlie goes, <laughs> Charlie goes, how do you feel? And Eddie goes, uh, fast and loose, tight but good. And in the book, he talks about how his stomach has to feel like, like the nerves have <clears> to <throat> be like, mm. but he feels loose. He feels like, like he can move. And in the, to be clear, in the book, Eddie believes drinking makes him better. Sure. He needs the he needs to loosen up with some drinks. Uh when you were okay, so he's he's coming in. He wants to play, it's revealed. He wants to play a guy named Minnesota Fats, which who is not a real person. But I'm telling you now, he's so real. I've had people tell me that they've had relatives play with him. Hang on a second. I <laughs> You're right. God damn it. He's okay. not a real player. But then I, I would because, have said this, that's a Mandela effect, I think. Yes. Because people started then calling themselves Minnesota fans or Minnesota this or Minnesota. Okay. And then it becomes, oh, this is a real guy. I know when I probably first watched it, I thought, oh, that's a real guy. So, like yeah. I said, I've had people tell me that their relatives played with Minnesota fans. Wild. I'm sure there's people that have claimed that they were based off Fast Eddie Felson was based off of them. You have to have that in that back in the day. Well, hang on. What about this guy Rudolph Wanderone, known as Minnesota Fats, Swiss American billiards player? When was he born? 1913. I don't know. Did he take the title later? Yes, you're correct. Okay. All right. I mean, right I again. feel like this guy's working a gimmick. You're right again. He parlayed the he parlayed the association with the film into his own book deals and television oh appearances, <laughs> including a series of late matches with Willie Moscone. Okay. Willie Moscone is a big thing in this. He's the guy that was right. the technical advisor. You see him in the movie. There's posters of him. They call him out. Somebody says, Willie, you know, it's such and such. Uh, a lot of times, if you just see hands, it's him shooting the shots, but otherwise, it's the Jackie Gleason and Paul Newman, yeah. Uh, which I also appreciate, you know. I, I don't care about Tom Cruise stunts where he's like breaking his legs. No. I find it very impressive that Paul Newman got good enough that he can be in like shots without his hands and like sinking balls. Uh, same with Slapshot, yeah, he's in there, Fucking, yeah, ice skating, uh, you know what I mean? That's not easy to. What can't he do? What can't <laughs> Paul Newman? I tell you what, starts a charity and I eliminate that. Oh my god! <laughs> you know he's uh, and then like, look, there's a no hero worship rule in this household, in the Wilson household. There's no hero worship, but it's pretty hard to find some flaws <laughs> in Paul Newman. He always seemed to be on the right side politically. He always. <laughs> He was doing he before a lot of people. He was doing the thing like, well, I have a platform. I might as well say what I feel if yeah. it can help. Da, 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 da. Uh, so okay, he goes in Ames. I like the line too. I guess I'm, I mean this is going to be like a long time. I'm just like he goes in and goes. Uh, Charlie's like it's quiet. 
And he goes, yeah, quiet like a church. Because this place is holy to Eddie Felsen, baby. He's ready. <laughs> you ever been in a place like that, Larry? Do you ever find that? Do you go into the place to jam out and go, this is a holy place right here? Hmm. Things of a great happening will occur right here. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'm sure I've had that feeling, though. I think you're right. I might have had it playing sports. I could probably relate yeah, to it. That point. I mean, he goes down. Like he goes for a big hockey pool. game. I would have yeah. felt that way. Yeah. You're, he's rolling the pool. He gives it that also in the book. He's a big, like, he's paying attention to how long the tables are. How do the balls feel? What's the lean of the table? He's, he's rolling the, in, the, in the movie. He starts rolling his... Uh, what I eventually is revealed in Color Money of Balabushka. He's feeling the felt. He's hmm. he's enjoying. He's smirking. He's checking how the ball is going to the pocket. Nice clean pocket drop. Uh, <laughs> that just happened. Uh, You're watching so the movie in real time. Yeah, just to have it on there. <laughs> We're going that long? No, no, I'm just worried. So he starts talking about. Hey, look. Look, if we doing a movie podcast, I listened to somebody's other thing. I, <laughs> I typed in Hustler, right, into the into see what if any. There one episode popped up. Oh, it was like okay, 50, good. It, it was 50 minutes long, and these people didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. There's not a like, lot of people covering classic movies. Come on now. You got to do better. You got to do better. So let me just see here. Okay, so he starts talking about uh, how much am I going to win, Charlie? He's very, he's he's like, he believes in himself. Charlie he's controls like, the money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Charlie kind of, I'm sure, was the first guy. He's like a minor league version of the Burt Gordon we're going to meet later, where he's yeah. like, I'll put up the money initially, and then they just keep traveling together. Uh, but he's asking... Uh, Charlie, you know how much I, he and he's like, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna make ten thousand dollars, which I started doing. No, I, did I the thought math. he said that was his dream. Let's see here. I have it right. Does he not? I'm gonna win ten grand in one night. He says. Oh, okay. okay. As he's talking, and Charlie's just looking at him like, "You sad, you sad yeah. man." And he goes, "Well, who's gonna beat me?" And Charlie goes, "He looks just away. Doesn't say anything." <laughs> I think he realized he knows probably where this is headed. He's seen enough of Eddie that he knows that he's good, but that this might blow up in his face. Yeah. And I was doing the math there for $1961 cuz they end up playing uh from whatever. So whenever somebody says $200 a game, that's like $2000 about. When he says, I'm going to walk out with $10,000, it, it's like... Oh, wait, grand. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, 11400 equals 113540 Yeah. So back in the day, I remember watching being like, okay, 100 bucks, whatever. <laughs> but in 1961, that would have been like, holy, we're in the theater going, holy shit. Yeah. This guy could live the rest of his life on this. Uh, so... Jackie Gleason shows up, and I remember you told me you love Jackie Gleason because you love domestic abuse and you loved the honeymooners. 
I don't think I've ever seen uh, anything he's ever done outside of The Sopranos. So that's my whole knowledge base of Jackie Gleason and the Honeymooners. I've he's seen like a few. I've seen him yell at things. Times. They always oh, talk referenced. about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Buscemi was, even like, reenacts some of the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen, <laughs> yeah, clips and pieces of and scenes of the Honeymooners. Yeah. I feel like I always heard, I could be wrong. I'm going to click on this thing. People are always like, Jackie Gleason, he could have done so much more. Did you ever see him in The Hustler? Like, people always go, The Hustler, did you see him? Oh, He's really? So they think good. that was a standout? Okay. Where people go, he could have done a lot more than he did. And he just kind of never did. I mean, he did. I mean, he did do stuff. But uh, I always feel, in my mind at least, people always hold up The Hustler as like, no, but he could have been like a. Any fat guy they, could have been that role. He's not even talking that no, much. I was going to say, it's kind of like how people go, you know, Chris Farley, if you could have played Fatty Arbuckle, he would have won an Oscar. And it's right. like, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> but he comes in and uh, he does, I mean, he's he does, I'll say this about him. He does exactly what they need him to do. He looks pampered. He looks wealthy. He does the appropriate. He's clocking Eddie out. I like that. Uh, the guy goes to Eddie. Oh, he somebody warns Eddie. You know, and you shouldn't play him. You know, just saying. And uh, he goes, "Oh, he'll find you." And then when Minnesota Fats walks in, that guy looks at Fats and then looks right at Eddie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, he'll find. Yeah, with your help." That's not. <laughs> it's Gonzo journalism. He's affecting yeah. the outcome. Uh, so they clock each other and, uh, they kind of play, they do this little cute, like dink around thing. And then he goes, uh, you're Eddie Felson, aren't you? And then he goes, let's play a hundred dollars game. And he goes, $200. He goes, now I know why they call you fast Eddie. And, uh, they start and everybody gathers around up one pool table. It's on, it's on. And Eddie's like, okay, here we go. And, uh, it starts right away with a great thing where they break and all this, and then Eddie goes, uh, and they're playing. God, what are they playing? They're playing straight pool, which basically you shoot until you miss, and I think you have to go in. God, you're asking me to. You have to go in order. You have to call your shot. That I know that much. You have to call your shot, which a couple times Paul does not. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then I like also too in the pool hall. There's uh, no on mass shots, on mass shots, which is when you like put spin on the ball. To, like, oh, okay. I was wondering what that meant. And then, but I think I think Fast Eddie does it a couple times, which is like, mm. did you see the sign? <laughs> uh, but uh, he goes, uh, uh, Eddie goes. Oh, sorry, I didn't leave you much because he's trying to like you know work it. And Minnesota Fast goes, he left me enough. Mm-hmm. And he just fucking takes him to school, and uh, ace in the side, eights in the side, eights in the side. What does he say? Eights in the side. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm watching, but he's moving around. Eddie's fascinated. He's like, God, this guy's so fat. And in the book, Eddie's also like, very like needless jabs. Like, sure, 
look at this gigantic fucking baby. <laughs> God damn, he's so, so fucking fat, but he's so fucking good. Uh, so let's just fast forward. So Vance is beating the hell out of him. And you're like, shit, this is supposed to be the end here. He's beating the shit out of him. And Eddie's kind of just clocking it in. And, and, and he's. But then Eddie gets his chance. And he's like, you ever have that feeling where you can't lose, you know? He's kind of moving around. And he goes, I've been dreaming about this. And you ever have this feeling? And kind of Minnesota's nodding along. And so then Eddie starts winning, right? And they start doing time passing by. I mean, hours. It's just hours. And uh, by the end, it's 25 hours. Well, how does this happen here? So they decide to get breakfast. And Eddie's drinking straight out of the flat, the bottle of like JTS. Well, and I, I won't pretend I read this in some analysis that yeah. Fats orders his what a expensive whiskey in a glass mm. on the mm. rocks, mm. and Eddie's the complete opposite, straight out of the bottle, cheap shit. Yeah, he says preach, which in the book preach is a cokehead. There's yeah. like a weird little amount of time spent on like preach preacher being a cokehead, and okay. so like. Minnesota fans gives him extra money so he can score some drugs outside when he goes to get the <laughs> get the stuff. And uh, but in the movie, he's like, "Go and get it specifically from this place because that's where Burt Gordon is." Ah, uh, okay. And that's and that's where he goes. Hey, did any whispers? And so Burt Gordon shows up, played by George C. Scott. Thoughts on George C. Scott? Love him. You love him. you love the uh, what's the movie where the daughters in the hardcore. Film? Hardcore. Turn it yeah. off. Turn it off. <laughs> he was great in that. It surprised me. And he's in a couple horror films too. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's in one of the Exorcist movies. Um he's in uh God, what else is he in? He's in Angus, which I saw in the theater as a young man. Oh, is he the grandpa? Yep. Wow. I have uh, not seen that since it came out. Yeah, I saw when it came out in the theater. <laughs> I don't know wow. what compelled me. Uh, he's Patton, of course. Um, yeah. uh, strange Love. You say that? Strange Love. Um, Dr. Strange Love. Doctor, yeah, Dr. Strange Love. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> oh. He's great in that. Um, yeah. Where he's the one that's like, how would the... <laughs> he, chews a, he chews a lot of gum in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Bert Gordon shows up. He's watching Eddie. He's very much like a guy of that time. He's got the tie. He's got the slick back hair. You know, he's playing poker. He's drinking milk. He's watching yeah. Eddie. He's watching uh, Minnesota Fat. Eddie's very confident. He's like taking drags. He's like leaning back in his chair and just like enjoying Minnesota Fat's missing. And he's collecting his money. And Charlie's just, by the way, the amount of cigarettes being burned in this one scene alone, it's like the floor would just be littered. <laughs> it's just, it would just be people kicking through them. So they're playing more and more. And there's a great scene. Where 
and he needs drinks. He starts getting cut off. And uh, but even before that, Eddie does have a little scene with Minnesota Fats where he's like, "I'm the best you've ever seen, and even if you beat me tonight, I'm still the best. I still am like <laughs> better than you." He's just like he's. And uh, that's when Bert Gordon says, "Stick, stick with this kid. He's a loser." Mm-hmm. And that become that's because one of the things in this movie is what's a loser and who's a winner, and what does it mean? Like when that whole thing with him, we'll get to Bert Gordon talks to him about being a natural born loser. I'm <laughs> dying to hear Larry's thoughts on that. So. At the, so much time has passed. Eventually, like Minnesota fans has got to like he like goes into the bathroom. He kind of like washes himself off. He pampers himself. He gets a clean, gets a fresh drink, you know, da da da. And he comes out. And he goes, "Let's play some pool, Eddie." And Eddie's got like, soiled shirt on. He starts laughing. He's very very drunk. Well, he's up twelve grand, right? Yeah, but he refuses to stop until Fats yeah. gives up. Yeah. He goes, it's not over until he says it's over. And he keeps looking at Fats and going, you look beautiful. <laughs> he keeps going, <laughs> you look like a baby. <laughs> like, and, and, and Fats is just watching him. like, But he keeps laughing at himself as he's like tucking himself in. But he gets mad at Charlie and Charlie leaves. He's like, here, here's your funny. Here's your money. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> let's go. He's laughing. I do enjoy that. He's laughing. I think, do you think Eddie's laughing because he knows that it's like a town where like f- from here? Or do you think he's laughing because he can't believe it's all happening? Like he's beating Yeah, I th- you think he's kind of delirious, actually. Yeah, he's, he's delirious. It's all working out in his favor. He can't believe it. But, but he ends up with cuts- 200 bucks. Yeah, it cuts to, hey, you lost again. Uh, by the way, also, there's a great line where somebody pulls open the blinds and it's daylight again, and Minnesota yeah. Fat says, Cut that sunshine out! <laughs> uh, Eddie falls. He tries to give Minnesota Fats money. He's, he's like, oh, I got his 200. And he can't believe he's like lost all this money. He's lost it all back. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's money. And uh, Fats calls it. And uh, he collapses. And there's a scene he's now he's thinking about it, he's stewing about it, and he leaves Charlie. I think he leaves some money with him. Well, he yeah, he wakes up Charlie next has. to Charlie, you know, finally yeah. sleeping it off and yeah, sneaks out. He decides to get a uh a locker at a little, the bus station. Yeah, he leaves a little money for Charlie. He goes to the bus station, the train station. Here's some trivia for you. They built this train station, and people actually started coming in going, hey, it's a train station. <laughs> okay. uh, now, there's a scene where he goes in the bathroom, and he, it, it, it's back in the day when there's a little attendant, a little man, and he goes, give me a towel, will you? Because he's going to shave or whatever. You think that should still be a thing? A little old man in the bathroom giving you like maybe a, a mint or a, a little spritz or a little... They don't have make- those anymore? I feel like I mean, if you did it, like a special attraction where you'd be yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. You think that should still be a thing? I still be a job. I mean, I thought the same thing about the elevator operators. 
Yeah. What there's a job, right? Because <laughs> we have him in this movie. The guy just pushes the button for you. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, do you think that should be? <laughs> I was like, God, I kind of wish there's still bathroom attendants. You I'm an empath. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. No, I would find... feel bad for those people. Well, you got to find the right guy that's like, I love this job. I, I love giving so. people a hot towel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, the, the bathroom attendant like, can be a little more social social than the elevator guy. Although, but then you got to fucking go stay in that shit smelling bathroom yeah, all day. Yeah, what happens when you go in and you're like you have diarrhea or something? Someone's and that guy's gotta, having a yeah. He's he's out, he's sitting out there listening to all of your uh problems, <laughs> and then you have to go out there and be like. Can I get a hot towel? <laughs> He's like, for what? <laughs> I that's probably why it ended up going away because people are like, it's it's not great. Yeah. Okay. So he meets Sarah, who's at the train station. She's eating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very. Uh, I'd say this is a very not modern romance, but it's very like. Uh, it could fly, I think, in today's time. The way she she talks to him and the way he kind of he gets rebuked. Except for like... him slapping her, everything was acceptable. <laughs> That's later. That's yeah. 1961, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So what do I got here for anything? Uh, I do write. Uh... Well, she said she's got to catch a bus at eight thirty, right? But there's no bus. Yeah. She just Yeah, they're both out. they're both kind of lying to each other and going, Yeah, I've got somewhere to go. Yeah. And uh in the book, uh he uh he, he I and mean, they kind of do in the movie. I think he thinks she's okay. She's fine. He he does think a lot about her looks and that she's like she's one of the, in the right light, mm, you know, okay. or this or that or but like she's not hey, attended to him. She's just yeah, he's just like eh, you know, he's he's very curious about her. He kind of yeah. thinks he's a member. He's like a dumb, he's a dumb guy, and so when she talks to him, he's kind of like oh, she's kind of like smart and stuff, and. uh He's also broke into he's feeling very low in the book and the movie. He's like, oh, shit. Like, now what do I do? He's either got to build up the stake to play fats again. But at the same time, as he finds out later, and he kind of, I think, knows deep down side, he's now a known commodity in the pool world. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but also, she, also, hey, look, the Hustler book doesn't have this problem that Sean's doing. I know who the narrator is and we're never from Sarah's point of view. <laughs> okay. And he always just assumes what he thinks she might be thinking, but then he'll sometimes be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what she's thinking. I think in the movie, they try to put that in where she kind of has empathy. She thinks he's broken and he's kind of, yeah. you know, so they meet, he falls asleep. She pays for him again. She kind of sees him. He's kind of like a pity case for her, or she at least sees somebody equally wounded. But I don't think Eddie would ever allow himself to see himself as like a wounded creature. 
Sure. He has this this talent, this ability that he knows he has that puts him above other people. Uh, so it cuts to what could be like weeks later, and he's at a bar, and she's there, and she's been drinking clearly. He's also drinking, which is odd when he goes, you always drink this early. You're drinking, Eddie. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that bar, the next night? Uh, you could see it as that. Yeah, because he's like, what happened to that 830 bus? Uh, yeah. So it I'm could like, be oh, it must be. <clears throat> I think okay. in, the, in, in the, I have in my mind in the book, he runs into her like a week later or okay. something like that. And he's like, oh shit, it's that gal from the train. Uh, in this bar scene that where they have the little they meet again. This is uh, Jake LaMotta. Rage, yeah, Raging Bull Jake LaMotta is the guy going, check. Yeah. <laughs> check. Uh, so, she, and again, now she gets to do some drunk acting where she's like, what? what? Mm, she talks very kind of like back. She's always kind of sleepy in her drunk acting. I but, don't think uh, she's very Hollywood drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not. Um, oh, who's a good modern drunk woman in a movie? Gosh, you know, what um, I love? Oh, like Amy Adams in that fucking hillbilly elegy movie. Maybe uh, oh, or like a real mess. She's, she's not that much of a mess. You ever seen the fighter? <clears throat> Yes, the mom. I like the mom in that, yeah. yeah. I also like the scene where Christian Bale sings to her in the car. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just like his loserdom in general in that movie. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, she does. She is very kind of like, and I'll say since this is Piper Laurie, who like then retired after this movie and didn't come back until Carrie. Uh, no, she's in the sting. Is she in the sting? For yeah, what? she plays the madam of like the whorehouse or whatever it is. Am I wrong about that? She always talks like she left acting to be a wife and a mother. <clears throat> and then she doesn't come back until she plays. Uh, no, you know, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. What, what am I thinking of her? And then God damn it. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. So you're right. Uh, but I know I saw her in something else recently. What the fuck was it? No, I know she's in Twin Peaks. <clears throat> um, let me look. Okay, nothing after the hustler. It's okay. ER is Sarah Ross in two episodes. You're a big ER guy. You remember Sarah Ross in two episodes? That must be Clooney's mom. He's she's playing. Oh, is his name Ross in that? Yeah, he's Doctor Doug Ross. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't remember her. It says Carrie in 76. She is in like little TVs, episode one, episode one, episode two, two episodes, Naked City, two, and that's this. No, it's a hustler, and it's just some kind of TV oh, stuff. No, you know what it was? The faculty. <laughs> I watched the faculty like a month ago like in the Halloween season. Yeah. And, uh, she, I think, Mrs. Yeah. Karen Olson. I think she's the principal. She's the, uh, what was the fucking Miss Marsha Lewis of the faculty? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who are who are the other teachers in that? I don't know. I mean, uh, John Stewart is a fucking teacher in that movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Is he creepy in that? He's a creepy. Well, he's creepy. one of the evil. Oh, I, okay. I like. I I stopped watching halfway through. It was it was worse than I I'd never seen it. Uh, it was pretty it was bad. Years. Yeah. So she explains that she goes to college, and uh, they're kind but of. But she flirting. doesn't really. She goes we to don't some know. classes. Okay. Um, it, I think in the book she fancies herself a writer. Yeah. And uh, I used to be an actress. They talk about that, you know. So basically, he goes, "Hey, you want to go home? I'll buy you a bottle." And a lot of the relationship revolves around booze. And uh, she kind of protests. I don't think in the book she pro- she protests, but they end up. But in the movie, they kind of. In the book, he might have to come back around another night. But in the movie, they truncate it. Okay. Um. So she has a limp, which in the book it's also it's equally just like she's got a limp. Okay. <laughs> um. Again, which I mean, in the book it plays into like okay, so she's like this broken bird, you know, like okay, it's this limpy gal who is attractive, but there's something off about her. Sure. Um, I mean, what do you think about toxic relationships, Larry? This is one. It is. Um, listen, it's a. I never had that, but I wanted it. It's a very romantic notion to be like two messes together, to find like a kindred spirit that is as fucked up as you are. <laughs> Um, I don't know. There's something nice sounding. Of course, it never works out well, yeah. but it's a really nice idea. Uh, and no different here. So it's, you know, it's, it's there. True. Yeah, it's true. There's honesty. Um, there's, yes, I think <laughs> it's a, a thing that they do very well. And this is 1961. Why, another reason why I like this movie is that this is 1961. And they're shooting it like it's big, and the acting isn't very. Like you said, I think the worst it gets is when she gets kind of like drunk, like I'm acting drunk. But the acting for 1961 is kind of like I won't say it's the first movie, but it's of the first wave of like we're gonna act like real people, but there's gonna be that kind of like elevated thing of it, like. There's quiet moments. There's anger. Like, <clears throat> sure, it's it's messy. It's not like you're like, yay, go Eddie, hurrah! He's such a great guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and for 1961, I'm always just like, damn, like this guy is going. He's playing the fucking asshole. Yeah. And so they meet again at the station, and they're like, okay, we need each other. We need this to happen. We're both very lonely. He kind of goes around to pool halls, and he realizes people are like, wait. Are you Eddie Felson? I'm not playing you. Or if he does play people that don't know him, he does go. Eddie wins money and then goes, hey, who wants a drink? I'll buy. Yeah. It's like, okay. And uh, it cuts to eventually they're kind of hanging out. And uh, she's very clearly into him. She likes it. She's very happy. She kind of. 
there's like uh i don't know you ever been in a relationship like this where there's like now there's regiment now there's stuff to do now it's not all just drinking and writing oh, now yeah. there's like hope has a chord and eddie's kind of just like hey this is better than being in a hotel room with charlie and uh <laughs> you know i'm being taken care of and she's kind of interesting he has not told her what he does for for money. Right. Do we ever learn where she's? How does she have money? Uh, she alludes, I believe, that her family is wealthy, okay, and that she has money just to have. Okay. Um, I do love when he looks at all her books and he goes, "You read all these books?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eddie is very. He's dumber in the book. Like he's dumb. Like he's like a full blown dumb guy. He got it all in your head. He says in the. <laughs> uh, do you agree? I'm with just trying life? to think. I don't see him as dumb. I think I just think Paul Newman's too uh, of the world to be dumb. I don't know. That's the thing about it. Like you can't like in like uh, you know thinking about recasting this. It's like you got to find somebody that's. I think people's knee jerk would be Brad Pitt. Oh, he's a pretty guy who can play dumb, but I don't think he's ever played like a shit heel. Like a person that's truly like, eh, this guy's a loser. Yeah, I don't think so. Because Eddie's a loser. Uh, At least at the basis, the the Eddie character of the book is a loser. (laughs) Uh, I just don't see how Paul Newman could be a loser in life. I guess that's what I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's what's fascinating about him is that yeah. everybody that's ever worked with him, it's almost like that James Gandolfini thing when people talk about him where it's like he always was kind of very hard on himself. He always contributed any success to other people. Sure. Uh, he didn't understand how good looking he was. It just like He just was like himself. Like he just only knew to be himself. Uh Sidney LeMay, I told you that making movies book, he talked about like he's very like workmanlike, like he's showing up with a cigarette and a cup of coffee at this time to rehearse. And he said he that about it. Newman. Yeah. And he's like, okay. boom, boom, boom. Uh, his wife, Joan Woodward and Piper Laurie talked about like, it was like, not only was it hard to work with him at first because he's like distractingly like a beautiful person. But then he doesn't understand that he's an, a beautiful, so he comes off very arrogant. But he's he's just like I think his wife talked about, like when she very first laid eyes on him, it was a very hot day, and everybody's like sweating, right? It's like whatever it is, the fifth late fifties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he comes in in a suit, and he's like not sweating. He's like the bright eyes, the blue eyes. He's like smiling at everybody, like, "Hey, how's it going? Why is everybody miserable?" <laughs> he just has that kind of thing where I mean, have you ever seen the audition video of him and James Dean? It's like for East of Eden or something like that. They're gonna like they're doing no, oh dude. If you want to see like how Paul, they're like kind of giggling back and forth, and then James Dean says something like "kiss me" or something like that, and James Paul Newman goes later, or like they're very giggly and joking around, <laughs> yeah. like being kind of like wink, wink, like this is stupid to be in front of the camera like this and. Because they're like, get closer together. I think that's what spurs them on. Like, put your arm around him and like, act like your brother or something. 
And uh, one was like, not here, not now. And they're like joking around like that. Okay. Uh, so the relationship is th- he doesn't like it when she talks bad about himself, which is funny because in his mind, at least in the book, he's always just like, this gal, she's, she's, uh, she's something. He goes, I'm hungry. And she goes, I think you're too hungry sometimes. She says that earlier, you know, you're too hungry. He's too, he's very animalistic. He's very like this now drink now thoughts on any of this. Um, no, you know, it, it, it's, what do you think this is? Just the montage showing, I don't know. I feel like, uh, and I don't know if I'm projecting. He's just waiting for that action again. He's just kind of passing the time. You're right. Because yeah. in the book, he's, he talks about how obsessed he is with action. Yeah. He, he, he gets very, and I, I think they try to do it in the movie. He he gets very like uh, claustrophobic in the. Yeah, apartment. I just know if you're a guy who's, it could be gambling or drugs or anything, and then you get put into domestic life. It's like you're just itching to fucking. You can't go from that energy to this shit. And she the alcohol much- can pass, but that's not what you want. Um. And she very much wants to make like playhouse and stuff like that. And it is yeah. like trying to cage Eddie. And she life. starts doing better. Yeah. She she's drinks like, less. I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing there's better. There's even that point where he wants to drink, but then he feels bad because she's not drinking and she's actually writing again. Yeah. So she's getting better, but he's just fucking itching for the action again. That's... Yes. He's pacing. He's like, what am I doing here? So then Charlie shows back up. And the end of short end of short of it, he doesn't introduce her as Sarah. He's just like, "This is my girl." So he keeps calling her Eddie's girl. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Eddie's girl? And she's like uh, quietly having a breakdown while Eddie tells what she assumes to be a longtime mentor and friend. Uh, he's like, "Fuck off! <laughs> you let me down." Uh, at Ames. And uh, he feels, <laughs> Charlie tells her, this is the greatest pool hustler you ever saw. Yeah, he blows And uh, He gets mad at, at Charlie. And he's like, so what, you're just going to use me? He gets physical with Charlie. He shoves him around like, so what do you want? You know, you want me to just make enough money for you? And Charlie does care about him. But he goes, hey. Okay, he leaves. Yeah. Sarah's quietly crying. And Eddie's, of course, drinking. He's like, here, give me another one. (laughs) He's like, I can't believe that guy. Can you believe that guy? And then it cuts to his downward spiral triggers her downward spiral. You know, this reveal that he easily cuts people out. And, of course, time has passed. So she's writing. She's drunk. And this is where you get a... uh, an Eddie dumb guy thing. He gets the piece of paper she's writing. And he's like, what is this? And he reads it. <laughs> and he can't make heads or tails of it. He knows it's bad. He's like, was this us or something? Like, what do you mean? All we have is booze. <laughs> All we have to do is pull the blinds down. 
and he's thinking the wheels are turning <laughs> and he crumples it up. <laughs> he crumples yeah. it up because he's like, I don't like this. He tells her to write something different. Yeah. And she, and she goes, all we do is stay in this room and make love and drink. Who gives a shit? He's like, <laughs> and then because in, in 1961, he's like, I've got a retort for you. How about that? <laughs> Which is not good. But she doesn't sell it. No. Yeah, she goes, you're waiting for She's me to cry. She's got the fighting spirit. Yeah, she yeah. bows up. Yeah. <laughs> you bum. She calls him you bum. Poor old Eddie. Uh, so he goes to a bar. He's drinking beer out of a sweet-ass glass. Goes to play some poker. He sees Bert Gordon. And here's, here's one of the great scenes in this movie. He goes, hey, Bird, I thought you'd only drink milk only when I work. And Bird tells him, you know, he has this thing. You're a born loser, Eddie. You love feeling sorry for yourself. The greatest indoor sport enjoyed by all. He's got them all. He's got, he just buries him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Let's see. Da, 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 Charlie visit, blah, 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 blah. Sarah's like, damn, he's cool. Says so she's getting better. And he drags her down. Eddie finds her story. Dumb Eddie doesn't know. She calls him out. Slaps her Eddie and Bert. Oh, yeah, I love this scene. Okay, so what do you think about this scene, Larry? Well, this is where Bert's going to offer him to stake him, though, right? Yep. He goes, he hey. wants 75%, right? Yeah. He says, which, which he is a very 1961, Eddie goes, what are you, General Motors? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Eddie tries to negotiate. And he's like, uh, maybe you cut that into bite-sized pieces. I'll think about it. He's like, why would I do that? And yeah. he goes, well, you know, you said I'm the best. He goes, I've only ever seen you lose. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, fair. Uh, no, but he walks away declining it, correct? He does. Yeah, okay. Bert's working him. Bert's also hustling him to a degree. You know, he's he knows what he's doing. He's kind of like, uh, his plan is to like bury him down to build him back up and have him under his thumb. And uh, he uh, has a, just has a lot of great lines. And George C. Scott's so good where he's like, "You see that car out there? I love that car." <laughs> yeah, I, because of you and playing Minnesota fans, I could buy it twice over. Yeah. As he talks about, it, that's his business is knowing who's a loser and who's not and who's winning, and he likes the action, baby. Yeah, and uh, he kind of warns Eddie, you know, like, hey man, watch it wherever you're going, because somebody might, you know, figure you out now, and they won't be nice. And he has that Paul has that great line: "When did you adopt me?" And shorts he's got just. <laughs> I don't know when it was, which is in the book. It's in the book. Mm. I don't know when it was. What do you think? Do you think there are people that are born losers that are, I mean, I know the answer to this, that cannot help themselves but to, as Bert says, of course you were drunk. You know, of course that happened. <clears throat> if I wasn't drinking, you would have had something else. You, Absolutely. You were always going to lose that game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I it's know a, a lot of them. It's a character thing. Have you seen it in your life where somebody has talent and they can't help but fucking take that gun out and point it right at their foot <clears and throat> yeah. every round? Yeah, a ton. 
<clears throat> so you think so you agree with Burt Gordon in this philosophy because because Eddie is like he's kind of annoyed he's like what the fuck all right well buy me another drink then Jesus yeah uh, I think I do absolutely 100 <clears throat> percent yeah do you think there's a way out do you think somebody like an Eddie Felson can find their way out that there's hope that they can maybe turn around and kind of go, there's a good way to channel this talent. And I don't have to have these things where I go, Oh, well, I fucked it up. I'm kind of thinking of, uh, <clears throat> and I think his daughter might use this word in the movie, Randy, the Ram. Mm. I think she might call him a loser when he fucks up again at the end. Yeah. Um, by oversleeping his dinner with her. Um, mm. Right, he he thought he was turning things around, but they're always gonna fuck it up because that's just yeah, what they he, are. yeah. He decides to party or something like that, right? Yeah, with the, the truth. Yes. <laughs> that oh no, look, some people don't like that movie. I like that movie. Oh yeah. Put it on the list. All right. Okay. <laughs> um. I just love that scene. The you know. There's so it's such great like snappy dialogue where he goes, "Can I be honest with you, Eddie?" And he goes, "What else have you been with me? Go ahead, because you're a born loser." And, uh, and Paul Lewis' face is like, "Okay, here we go. All right, yeah." And just all that stuff, you know. Well, then you owe me another drink. And when did you adopt me? It's all just so good. It's just two guys <clears> sitting <throat> there having a drink. You know, it's just a two. Uh, got him. George C. Scott's killing it. Paul Newman's killing it. Yeah. So he goes to Arthur's and he comes across these guys and they're kind of being very cocky like him. And uh, he gets annoyed because he's like, these kids are trying to like hustle me. I'm the guy. Oh, that's right. I know, yeah. baby. I'm the hustler. <laughs> And he had told him has this great delivery. I just love it. Where he goes, you better the guy, the character actor, you know, who again, nobody looks like any of these guys anymore. Yeah. He's like a kid, but he looks like he's 50. And he's like, you better not miss. <laughs> and told him, he goes, I don't rattle, kid. And he's so fucking, he's like, just for that, I'm going to beat you flat. And he's expecting shots. So. <clears throat> then you have the guy the other guy goes you're a pool hustler aren't you and he's like yeah but so is he and he goes yeah but you're better than he is it's very like <laughs> it's very like uh oh like it doesn't matter the rules are out the window and uh but these guys are up, goons yeah they break his thumbs they take him out back he's all silhouetted in the the, the smoke glass and uh and uh Paul Dumas goes because they go, oh, 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 How do you think they broke his uh, thumbs? I guess they just, just snapping him with their hand. Yeah. It looks like two guys hold <laughs> okay. him, and the other guy, Turk or Turtle, whatever his name is, goes back and just fucking just snaps him clean off. But okay. then he shows up beaten up too, so I guess they got some kicks in too. Yeah. Because he shows up with two casts. Yeah, he. I guess there was a scene that they cut out where he uses the money that he uh, mm. won 
the hundred dollars you want or whatever, he uses it to pay for the cast or whatever. And uh, so then it becomes, uh, you know, she lets him in. He does. He says, "I do believe," and it's a line. People goes, "Charlie, they broke my thumbs, Charlie." He says he does kind of just kind of offer up. I think he does say, "Charlie, Charlie, they broke my thumbs." Uh, so now he's got his cast. She's taking care of him again. It's that thing where he's kind of feeling very trapped. And she's yeah. kind of like, ah, yes, this is my perfect scenario, which says a lot about her, that her perfect scenario is kind of trapping someone. <clears throat> sure. But they go out and they have a picnic. And I think Eddie Felson, Paul Newman, uh, gives one of the all-time great speeches to describe when you're trying to tell somebody about oh. how you go at what. No, I'm sorry. I muted you for a second by accident. God. Okay, where did you? What did you? What did you? <laughs> After the picnic, they they're going on a picnic. Go to the picnic. Eddie <clears throat> Felson. By the way, I, I just want to say, as I'm kind of clicking through it, Eddie can't pick up a coffee cup, and yes, his reaction that's a big just smash it, smash it to the ground. <laughs> Again, not nice at all. Really weird move. Can't drink it. Guess what? It's going on the ground. Uh. So uh, they go have a picnic, and Eddie Felson slash Paul Newman gives one of the greatest, I think, when you have talent or you're very good at something, you're trying to describe how that makes you feel to somebody. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you're trying to describe what you're very good at and like why you're like what's in your mind when you're when very you're doing it. They have this thing. I don't where... remember. What does he say here? I don't remember the picnic very well. I don't know why I don't. First he says, hey, I met a guy, um, and he thinks I'm a loser, a natural-born loser. And she's like, well, what does he do? And he goes, he wins. He's a winner. And he wins money. You know, He gambles. He wins money. She goes, is that what makes a winner? Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah, I think so. He owns stuff. He says that he owns right, stuff. Right, he owns stuff, yeah. And he kind of talks about why he's in this predicament with the cast. And he's like, I just had to show them. I had to show them what it's supposed to look like. What it's like to actually play the game right. Like, at the absolute peak. These guys thought they knew. I, was, I, need, I needed to show these guys. And he's and he says, when you know, you know. Like, and he and he talks about like the pool cue. Like, I've got oil in my joints. It's just like he knows the perfect amount of snap to put on it for every. Sh and he knows. And he says, he knew, you know, you know, and he, everything just work. He knows it's all gonna work. He's it's like he's not even thinking. And he says, when that game is really. And when it's great, when it's really great. But then he goes, what I love about it, he goes, anything can be great. You could be a bricklayer and be great. But when you know, you know. Hmm. And I'm always like, it's so true, because I'm very good at what I do. <laughs> and you try to tell people, and they're like, why do you do this or why do you do that? It's like, when you know, you know. I don't know. When you know, when you get into a groove on stuff and you're like, this is going to work. Yeah. 
Have you? You're a you're a very talented musician. You're a no, talented. no, no, not music, but painting. Yeah. Absolutely, painting. Oh yeah. On like the one out of every twelve days, where I feel like really putting in a good day's work and doing yeah. something good. Yeah. No one's touching me. You're feeling it. Boom, bam, boom, boom. I love that when he says, you know, bricklayer could be great. It's just about like if a guy knows what he's doing and why it could be great. And that's him. And that's it's for me at least when he says that I'm going, I know exactly what he's talking about, but it's cool for him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh so then Sarah says, you're not a loser, Eddie. You know, you're a winner. You know, you have all this talent, you know. You know, in the way you think, you know, you're a winner, Eddie, which is always, that also hits me where it's like somebody that's like, you're too smart for your own good. And you think this loser is like a good guy. Uh, but then she goes, I love you, Eddie. And he kind of blows it off. And then she says, I love you, Eddie. And he goes, do you need the words? <laughs> like, I've always loved. She says, she's a very, like, Hollywood, like, yes, I do. And if you ever say them, I'm never letting you take them back. And Eddie just sits on that and takes note. No, takes no. So, he takes her out to a fan. He goes, he agrees to Bert's deal. Is that all that happens? I thought yeah. there was something that convinced him. I, I didn't remember. Okay. He listens to her. He go, he gets the cast Just off. her. And okay. The bar and and he get, he, okay. That's right. And he, Bert Gordon shows up and goes, hey, how you doing? He goes, uh, Bert already knows what happened to him. He goes, hey, yeah, hey, I fell and uh, my game's like 20% off, yeah. I think. And so Bert's like, oh, yeah, was it Turk? Over to Arthur's, and he's like, "Well, you know everybody, huh?" Which then kind of you're thinking, "Did Bert set that up, or yeah, Bert just knows everybody? You don't really." And he goes, "Well, yeah, I know everybody that can break my thumbs or <laughs> and uh, so he goes, "You know what? I don't think I'm a hot commodity. I think I'm gonna do your. I'll take your seventy five percent, you know, and that's a lot. My my percent's a lot more than zero percent of what I'm doing right now, getting my thumbs broken." Yeah. So he goes, okay, I'm going to take you to Kentucky. And this is where the book and the movie really go off. Bert, in the book, Bert and Eddie go off on their own. They drive to Kentucky. They do not take a train. They drive. <laughs> and uh, I'll just go into it. Uh, Eddie has the same issues where he wants to play the other guy's game. He can't really remember how the game works. He okay. What is what is billiards? I've been waiting to ask. Well, then, yeah, this guy wants. Is that to play the like thing where they put the bumpers cushion. on the table? He wants to play three cushion in the book. I think it's three cushion billiards, and it's got like three balls, and you have to hit like just one in. It's very like convoluted. It's but very there's hard. not any pockets on the table. Yeah, I'd have to look like I would literally in the book they go into like three and again it's from Eddie's point of view and he can't really remember. He's yeah. played it, but he can't here's Yeah, because he does tell Bert at one point, oh you use a stick and a ball, how hard could it be? Yeah. Yeah. And in the yeah, in the movie it's kinda like uh 
it's played a little differently in the book eddie very much is like uh, you call the shots you know he's like putting it on the guy and so the guy's like i want to play three cushion billiards which in the wiki goes is a uh is a very difficult game <laughs> uh in most shots the cue ball hits the object one object balls one time each although hitting them any number of times is allowed as long as they both are hit the cue ball may contact the cushions before or after hitting the first object ball i'm already like what yeah that's tough it's got to hit the cue wall ball, three times cue ball, the object of the game is to crumb the crumb the cue Carum. ball off. Carum? <laughs> the cue ball. oh i have another word i was listening to say, okay Bounce. is it is it amalgam is it amalgam right amalgam that's like a mixture of things i was listening to a very popular podcast and the guy said amalgam or what do you say <laughs> amalgam and i didn't know if he was doing a bit or not and i was like well, i can't fault him because sometimes i do like that's sometimes my thing but <laughs> he said it with such confidence i was like am i i started i was like it's amalgam sure. right um Algamam. He says something like that. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you got to contact the real cushions at least three times before contacting the second object ball. Yeah, that's tough then. Wild. You got to hit both balls and three walls. This is why in Color Money, Martin Scorsese goes nine ball. And he, yeah. just, he literally lays out the rules <laughs> like out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to Kentucky uh, in the book, Eddie Felson, and he plays the guy. He has to like go to the bathroom and be like, I can do this. And he has like a moment where he's like, he remembers every time he's ever played the game, three cushion billiards. He remembers every law. He, like, he's like, chuck, 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 chuck. And he like looks in the mirror and he goes, you're, you know, he does like a uh, boogie night. It's like, you're Eddie Felson. God damn it. And he goes yeah. out and he beats him. And then uh birds hired uh hookers and eddie's kind of like whoa hey, hey he goes back to the suite and he goes uh he calls them whores but then he thinks in the book he's like i read in a newspaper article once i think this kind of when they're more expensive they're called call girls is that <laughs> and then he goes he goes uh did Bert pay for the time or how many times I do it? That's one of his questions. And he's kind of like, eh, I'm into this. She's very beautiful, but I don't like that. She's like so forward. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to break up with uh, Sarah when I get back. And he talks to Bert later and uh, Bert's all like sweaty. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, uh, what's up with all this? And he's like, Hey, I figured you had trouble. Uh, your girl in Chicago was giving you trouble. And he's like, Yeah, you know everything. And then they drive back and uh, he's like, Where are you going? He's like, I got to go home to my wife and kids. And he's like, Oh, Bert, you got a wife and kids? That's crazy. And they part ways. That's what happens <laughs> in Kentucky. Okay. In the movie, it's much different. So what is her beef here? I mean, she's just sitting in the room and she's just sick of it. There's the same uh, scene in the book in the movie where the, he takes her out to dinner to be like, I'm leaving. But instead in the book, he just he leaves after giving her a nice dinner. But in the movie, he's like, I'll take you with me. Yeah. And she goes to Kentucky with him. In the book, they talk about how un he thinks it's funny how she's uncomfortable in a very fancy place. 
but he being a hustler can very kind of like fake it till you make it sure uh what else do I got here? But, 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 but I mean, but. after this win, he gets, I think he wins 12 grand, right? He takes three. Yes. In the and book, then he, he and then what's this beef that. here between, uh, um, what's his name? His, his, uh, his mentor, Charlie? George C. Scott. Oh, George C. Scott. He goes up to see Sarah first. Oh yeah. You're right? fast. He forward. kisses her. Well, what it am I skipping? Good. Well, she, they have a fight at back at the apartment. And he's, she's like, you're, I'm nervous. That this is bad. This him and Burke Gordon is bad. And so they go to Kentucky and it's very much all these scenes now with her, which makes the movie better than the book. Burke kind of, kind of, he's like, who are you? He kind of always keeps dismissing her. He'll say things like, uh, you got a light, you know, and she goes, where's your lighter? And then he'll be like, oh, uh, I just wanted to check his hands. I don't want to be betting on a cripple, which is called, you know, sh giving her a shot. There's always these, these little back and forth between uh, the two. We forgot to say when he's playing Finley, he's losing until he gets in the fight with Sarah. Yes. And in the book, it's him going to the bathroom to be like. Right. Damn it, what am I doing? He he pulls himself up, but in here, he, yeah, in the movie. So, but there's a lot of this. There's a lot of back and forth between her. Uh, in the book and the movie, it's both the same. They show up at this hotel in Kentucky, and yes, Eddie's like, "Holy shit!" The amount of action in this fucking place. I'm fucking on. Yeah. He's like high off of the yeah. amount of money exchange. Even loves the music. Uh. So she goes, she talks to uh, Bert. Bert's like, hey, man, we both want the same thing. I need to be happy. So let's, why are we, why are we fighting? Um, Ready kisses her. Uh, live and let live. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, so Eddie, Eddie's like, oh, look, I'll, so we meet Finley. Who in the book? Uh, yeah, I'm at Finley. Hold on. Why you hopping backwards now? We already covered Finley. Finley, who's played by the mayor from Jaws, which until this last viewing, I did not realize that's the mayor from Jaws. I've never seen Jaws. So I don't know. Well, you should. It's good. <laughs> uh, and he just plays it appropriately. I feel like Dennis O'Hare would play him now. It's a guy that's very like, you ever seen True Blood? Oh, God, not in many years. Google Dennis O'Hare. This is who would play Finley now. Very, like, old Southern, like... Uh, okay, I got you. Oh, my. Like, declare. <laughs> like, yeah. But in the book, he's like that, too. And then uh, I think in the book, Eddie's like, quote, unquote, I think this guy's a fairy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, so yeah, he's <laughs> clocking this guy. And uh, they play pool. Uh, it is that same thing of like, Eddie's like, are we doing like a money game or what? But then like Finley's being like, oh, we're talking about money. Huh? Oh, <laughs> very crass. I like it. Uh, in the movie, Sarah gets drunk. 
uh, George C. Scott whispers something in her ear, which makes her mad, which she has gone on to say, I don't remember what he said. And I asked him later and he said, I didn't whisper anything. I just made whispering like, and I just, mm. you know, you, you acted that well. Like, I just was like, it's your imagination of being like, what's something horrible this man would say. Yeah. Uh, which who knows? Do you believe Jersey Scott that he just whispered nonsense and then she just was like, oh, she was like, I don't remember. And then she asked him, what did you whisper? I don't did know. Is he, a, is he is he a method guy? Oh, if he's a method guy. He whispered something. Lighter. Yeah, he yeah. took that guy and be like, actually, I didn't whisper that awful thing. You remember? I actually didn't mm-hmm. you. So in the movie, they get to do a thing where Finley points at like a little devil statue and goes, did you pose for the artist on that? And George C. Scott gets to do a little bit of like, he kind of glances and goes, yeah, maybe. They're being very clear about Burt Gordon's a real piece of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, she comes down. She's like, this is sad. You're sad. Burt Gordon is rejecting him. And then Paul Newman digs up. And then, yeah, he beats the hell out of Finley. Yeah. And, uh, Bert Gordon does tip the guy that went and got a car for him, so kudos to Bert Gordon on that. Bert Gordon makes it home because Eddie wants to walk home. Bert Gordon is, to the hotel. Is, he lies to Sarah and goes, hey, Eddie wants you to leave. That's right. Here's some money. Sarah goes in. She does say something. I think in the book she says it to Eddie, but in the movie it's to, she goes, you're a Roman. You have to win it all. Hmm. And uh, she sleeps with Bert, and then she writes "perverted, twisted, cripple" on the mirror. Which again, 1961. I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. And so Eddie goes up to his room, and uh, there's the guy messing. I like the guy messing around with his camera. He he's like just oh, okay. There's the flash works. Okay. I don't right. think I clocked him, and I was looking at the people in the background. But He's just I didn't... like looking at it, and then he like an errant flash. He just keeps looking okay. at it. Uh, Eddie's confused because he's a dumb guy. He's like, "Who are all these people in the room?" He sees her. She's in the bathroom. There's like some stuff. There's some razor blades on the sink. It's alluded she's cut herself and killed herself. He beats the shit out of Bert. Bert, George Scott gets to kind of like. Fall in the room, be like, I mean, she came in into my room and then she left, and then Bolt just is wailing on him while Bert's going, oh, No, <laughs> so then he's got sunglasses on because he's got like a little bit of a shiner. Eddie Felson shows back up into Ames, he goes, to Minnesota, let's play some games. I have two thousand dollars, let's three thousand, three thousand, three thousand. Yeah, that's my bankroll, let's play that. Do I have that down for what three thousand would be? Well, ten times thirty thousand. Let's see. Uh, I don't. Why? You... <laughs> I, by the way, I did. I found it three thousand, and I have dash thirty k. You're right. You're good at math. <laughs> you only need to do it once. <laughs> well, yeah. not me. I had to do it ten times. Time. Ten times is pretty easy, is it not? <laughs> I, had, I had to go to the website every time and be like, "Oh okay. wow." Uh, <laughs> You can see why my mother, when I was a young child, would be frustrated with math and be like, why don't you get it? And I'm like, you're telling well, me it's the it, same answer every time? You know who else had a hard time with math and it kept him out of flying an airplane? 
Paul uh, Newman. Sully Solenberg. Oh, Paul Newman. Okay. Uh, I was reading no. that today. He wanted to be a pilot, but he couldn't do the math. I hear that. Simple math for me. <laughs> I just I don't get when people are like it. It's all it's all there. It's always going to be the same. And I'll go. I don't get. I don't understand how it can be the same answer. What if it wasn't? And they're like, "What are you talking about? What if it wasn't?" Uh. So um, let's see. What do we got here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, here's a big change too. In the so he comes back from Kentucky, and because now Sarah's dead in the movie. In the book, he goes back to Sarah in the apartment. And he oh. goes, hey, I bought you a watch in Kentucky. And she's like, okay. And then he goes, I was going to buy I almost bought you a ring. And she goes, why? For what? And he goes, what do you think? What do you think a ring is for? And she goes, okay, but you didn't. And he's like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> and then he literally, he leaves and goes, he turns around and goes, I seriously almost bought you a ring. And she just like has the option. She's like, okay. <laughs> that's it. That's the end that's of Sarah. You... Oh, okay. No, that's it. He just <clears throat> goes. And what happens is he goes to the what Ames, Wilson's, whatever. And then Charlie is there. He's like, wait a minute. Is that Charlie? He's like, he thinks he sees a ghost. And Charlie's like, hey, by the way, I took some money from you. When I didn't give you all that money, here's $3,000 to play Minnesota yeah. Fats. And he goes, oh, my God, thank you. The end. Yeah, so I told you the movie's much better. The movie's much yeah. more dramatic. Uh, so. He beats him. He does. And he's he's monologuing as he beats him. Yeah. Bird's acting very guarded. George C. Scott's doing very good. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't have his fists up, but he's sitting in the chair. We didn't even cover when in the first. He tells band, him to move. He tells him to move and yeah. moves the chair an inch and sits back down. Uh, uh, so uh, he, he's monologuing so much that Minifats just goes, can we just play pool? And Eddie shoots back <laughs> at him. I'm shooting Fats. And when I miss, you can shoot. Yeah. Uh, and he's fast and loose again. In the book, he's like, I'm fast and loose, baby. Uh, that that uh, so then we get the big thing. He beats Minnesota Fats. Minnesota Fats is like, I quit, you're the best. And then Burke Gordon, George C. Scott goes, You owe me money. And Eddie ignores him. And then Burke Gordon, I, I swear, <laughs> I've said this out loud so many times in my life, You owe me money, <laughs> which he's not right about. Uh, and in both the book and the movie, they're like, how do you figure? And he's like, yeah. well, you know, we agreed on this cut. And he, they're like, since, like, when is this applied? I thought we were done. Like, that right. was the one game. And uh, I just wrote, George is so good. Because then he, he backs off. He's like, okay, it doesn't have to be 75. Right. It could be 30 or 40. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Eddie gets to do, I don't know if it's in the book. I cannot remember. But in the movie, he goes, you're a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> and you know why I know? Because he's like, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. It doesn't have Now I know. Now I remember. It doesn't have in the book because she's not dead in the book. In the movie, he goes, you know why you're a loser? Because 
You remember when we killed that bitch from with our fucking around? Remember that? And then Jersey Scott's like, yeah, he kind of tries to apply the born loser thing. If it didn't happen in Kentucky, it would have happened somewhere else. She yeah. was always going to be like that. And he goes, no, we fucking drove her to it, man. We fucking stuck the knife in her, dude. And he goes, that's the only way. You're like so, like, you're like me on steroids with the action. Like, you cannot live unless everything's dead around you. And Bert's just receiving all this. And uh, he goes, so I'm going to leave. And I swear to God, if you're going to do what you say, if you're going to throw guys on me, they better kill me. Or I'm going to come back and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and Bert does a great thing. I love it. Where he gets, he his, his like little last resort is like, well, you can't play pool anymore, anywhere. <laughs> you know? And Paul just looks at him like, Whatever, dude. Like, I'm I'm done. I did. I beat Spats. I'm good. And then he just leaves and aims. The pool hall continues as it was. People shuffle about. You know. Chef kisses all around. Perfect movie almost. What do you think, Larry? Final review. Oh, man. I don't know. I'd have to see it again to give it my official score. I'm not a guy who's going to quit to judge. It was good. It was great. Um, I mean, what do you think when you were watching the first time and he goes, you owe me money. <laughs> what are you like? Oh, shit, George C. Scott, baby. I, I always think George C. Scott is that intense. Uh, he's just got that look about him. Did you like him in the earlier scenes where he's just kind of puffing away and he's just like, <laughs> I don't know. He's just always authoritative to me. I'd listen to him. I like <laughs> no matter what he said. I like in this movie where he's like sleazy. You never get to see him sleazy much. Yeah, that's true. But, he he has but see, I still don't even see him that sleazy because he's so fucking proper. It's that accent. It's the whole. He does very, and even Bert Gordon has very like he crosses his legs and he puts his and yeah. he smokes. <laughs> He's drinking the milk, you know, and he's very like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, it's good. It's a better class of people back then. <laughs> we don't have classy people like that anymore. Dude. It's hard yeah. when you, because you almost have to, you, could you make this movie? I think that's why people have a big problem with the sequel, Color Money, because it takes place in the eight, you know, it's present time at the time. Right. Even my dad has said, I watched it and I was like, Really, Eddie Felson? This is Eddie Felson now? Because Paul Newman is older or whatever. And it's just like, I think almost because the movie's so of itself that you think, oh, then Eddie Felson like disappeared into the ether. It's tough to then be like, oh, this, no, he would still live and get a job. And no, you're right. And that's part of it. It's, it's weird because uh, the sting is kind of the same way where you, you never get any backstory. Which mm-hmm. I like when stories do that. Um, I don't want to be told everything. And they don't even, not even show you the backstory. They don't even allude to anything. We don't know yeah. shit about him, right? Uh, I don't remember, um, but I do like hints. Sometimes when if they nod at something, like yeah. in Bush Cassidy and Sunday's Kid, they nod at different things, like yeah. past relationships or this or that. But but anyway, you you know, you don't get anything before, you don't get anything after. Yeah. And that's better. 
I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think about what this guy did after this. Well, guess what? Because the next movie is Color of Money, baby. Because we're going to ride right into it. <laughs> and you're going to have to be like, okay, this is Eddie Felson. And I'm telling you, I enjoy Color of Money so much. Roger Ebert didn't. And I think Scorsese even like agreed with him. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm not saying it has. Look, I'm sure Martin was like, oh. I heard uh, there's too many shots of balls, of the balls hitting. <laughs> you know, I think what Scorsese, you know, he likes that kind of like kinetic shot of like, yeah. and then when you see ball, he's seeing the balls and he's going, Oh, oh shit, I can track all of these balls. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of like, wham, he likes that right. shot, you know. <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting. At the very least, it's interesting, especially if you're like really tying it to that first movie and being like Eddie Felson and this and that and where he would be at. I fucking hate Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise (laughs) plays like an all-time dork in this movie, which is part of the. That's part of it, and also that's one of one of the times I I went. Wait a minute, Tom Cruise has worked with Scorsese, Coppola. Uh, and you know, I think at this time it was like Last Samurai. Went, oh, okay, he's working with this guy. Who's the Last Samurai guy? Oh, he does all those kind of like epic movies. Didn't he make uh, Last Samurai? Didn't he make uh, uh, I don't know who did that. He made uh, Edward Zwick. He made like Cold, did he make Cold Mountain or no? Shakespeare Under Fire. I'm thinking of um, he did Blood Diamond. Yeah, hold on, producer. Uh, I don't know this guy. There you go, director. But Uh, but I mean, if you're talking about Tom Cruise, he also worked with Kubrick. Legends of the Fall, Kubrick. Yeah, like, and I was like, that's a big one. Guys, I was like, this guy is going around, even at that young age, and is like, I'm working with that guy. I'm working with that guy. He likes to work with. Spielberg, he got that. He like he has these little like PTA. It's true. Uh, now he only exclusively works with the one guy to Mission make the most possible movies. Yeah, Top Gun. But Brian De Palma, Mission Impossible One. You know, is that who did that? Yeah, Brian De Palma. Okay, I I, I don't watch those films. <laughs> well, you should watch the first one, and John Woo is the second one. Then you got Whedon, and you got uh, not that same Whedon is like an auteur, but then Cameron Crowe with the uh, uh, Jerry Maguire and uh, Robert Redford as Lion for Lambs, and Collateral is Michael Mann. He's got like he's definitely like uh, got his like uh, not eye on the prize, but like <laughs> he's. Do you have he's an opinion? Trying- I think Tom Cruise genuinely was trying to build some kind of like resume of like, but then he just happened to also be the biggest star in the world. Like who makes Rain Man? Maybe it's now because this of the way the movies work now, Rain Man wouldn't get made. I feel like (laughs) on like major level where they're like major release. It's a guy and his brother. That's the same. (laughs) 
you got to see this movie. And it's like, yeah. well, why is Tom Cruise doing it? To work with Dustin Hoffman? To work with, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Barry Levinson? Yeah. This is peak. And then he does like interviews with a vampire where he's like gallivanting about being like, oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> I'm the stud. It's funny. <laughs> it's like, that's a weird move. That's after the firm, you know? Yeah, the that's true. Dude. A few good men, and he's like, Look, let me put a blonde wig on and prance about. (laughs) It's a man in Magnolia. I mean, you've seen Magnolia, right? Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to take. But, uh, I mean, he's insane in that movie. That's wild. He is. Uh, I don't know. I don't, that movie's messy. It is, it's a lot. It's 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 uh it's everything's thrown in there. Nothing got cut away. Yeah. Everything. Uh man. Now what I feel like of, I'm, what do you think about his center tooth? I'm fine with it. I don't I never <laughs> when he braces, I didn't get it. I was like, why? <laughs> you look fine. You he looked fine with the fucked up teeth? I guess, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't care. No, he only had the fucked up teeth for the uh, Outsiders or whatever fucking movie he was in. I thought he got braces when he was dating Katie Holmes. No, no, no. Look up early uh, Tom <coughs> Cruise teeth. Risky Business is great. I'm uh, kind of bothered that IMDb it's rated 6.8. Risky Business is better than 6.8. I still have only seen clips and parts of it. Cocktail oh. is great. I feel like Let's I'm a see. Tom Cruise fan right now, but my brother's the bigger Tom Cruise fan. But I'll yeah. defend these movies. Like, Cocktail's great. Really? Don't cocktail? Don't watch it all the time, but it's very, like... <laughs> it's so, like, of its thing, where you have to almost, like... It's like, holy shit, this movie got made. That's the picture. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> I've worked, worked with guys like that. Not for a leading um, man. But I don't know. I mean, Who else is in Color of Money? I have not looked at it at all because I don't really want to it. watch it. It's but literally almost like just them. Just those... It's just Forrest Whitaker pops up at one point. Okay. A very young. Might have been his first movie for Oh, John Turturro's in it. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's a small part. He's uh, he plays a cokehead. Okay. Uh, no, it's very like. I mean, it's something I'm looking up right now. It's so much about the relationship between uh, Paul Newman and, and Tom Cruise. Okay. I'm I sure mean, it'll look, be like, good. It, once it after like a couple people, it becomes like Diane at the bar, guy in crowd, right? Child world customer, player in, Paul Herman. Hey, that's a that's a oh uh, fuck yeah, Randos player in a casino bar. Yeah, um, you're right. Guy. Yeah, he just died last year, two years ago. Mary uh, Elizabeth Mastrano. was she in yeah. Sopranos? I feel like she should have been. I she don't wasn't. know her. her. Main gal should have been. I mean, yeah, I never. I, if I, she's been in other stuff. I don't recall. She's in the abyss. I don't recall that. 
She said yeah, Scarface. I don't remember she, that either. No. Well, she is. She's not the sister in Scarface, is she? Maybe. I think she is. I remember, I remember Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. No, no, no. But remember the whole heat between Al Pacino's number two guy and him is that the number two guy was dating his sister. Remember, she's got like kind of an afro. Oh, okay. That's her, I think. I think. She's <clears throat> this. Um, Gina. She's yeah, Gina. okay, that's her. That's her. So yeah, that's she's, a big part, actually. Hey, she's in The King of Comedy, one of my favorite movies. Extra and crowd scene, uncredited. Wow, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Have you ever seen King of Comedy? Yeah, we talked with Sean about it. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, I love it. That's one of my favorite Scorsese movies. I love it because... Jerry Lewis is such a fucking gas bag in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and he somehow it works in that movie. Yes. Dude, when they're in his house, the guy, the guy, the, I mean, he's been in a million things, but the, the, the Asian guy, that's the, uh, I don't know what oh, you would call it. He's yeah. watching the house. Yeah. You're not supposed to be here. What are you doing? He's so concerned. Oh my god! Jerry That's Lewis. right, because Jerry's like can't tell him that he's being held, right? Well, he lets Isn't him that in. The tension of that move, that part. Well, at first they go to his house before they take him hostage. They invite themselves over. He invites the gal. He's like, "Yeah, I know him," and she's all dressed up. And Jerry Lewis is like, who are you? But the Asian guy, the housekeeper, like, let them in. That's right. I'm and he's like, they kidnapped him. Yeah. But that guy's great. Uh, that whole movie, Pride and Joy. Uh, that that gimmick of saying, let me show you my Pride and Joy and giving them a, a card that has the dish soap on it. My grandmother loved oh, that joke. Oh, that's right. I forgot about she that. Loved that joke. She would do that joke to people. <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts about anything movie wise? 61, Hustler, Pool, Being a Loser, Having Ultimate Talent, anything. Any last? Uh, no, but I'll say, uh, and these aren't deep thoughts. These are just general observations. Mm. <clears throat> um, I guess it makes Kingpin kind of make more sense. They're kind of playing off this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm thinking Bronx, when you talk about talent wasted, I'm thinking about the Bronx tale. <laughs> hey, you like them. <laughs> I do. Uh -huh. I'll do, we'll have to do that movie because I I may I mean I feel like I've seen it but it's been so long it was and I always just was like is that a Chaz Palmateri? It, but it's De Niro's first directing credit. Okay, but Chaz, yeah, I it's based on his not. one man show. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Which we talked about. It just came yeah. to Akron, Ohio, a couple of weeks ago, and he's still doing it. 35 years later. Is he playing the little boy, too? He plays everybody. <laughs> Except he's, you know, 87 years old now. So he's, he's holding like a hat. Tired. And he's like, uh, 
and I, I just came to get the paper. And he's like, <laughs> get out of here. Does he do all that? I just saw I got like the ad, the location specific ads on Facebook. And since oh, I'm man. into the arts, I don't know. It was like Chaz Palminteri's Bronx Tale is coming. And here's a clip. But like it's a recent clip of him doing it. So you got to see what you're going to see. And it Google was it right now. Chaz Palminteri. Bronx Tale. Stage show. I bet this came to Omaha. I doxed myself. <laughs> I bet it did. It looks like he's a young guy with him. It's a one-man show, man. And look, there's another guy on stage with him. <laughs> that, he might just be there to help him along. Although he's only uh, 71. I don't know, man. He sounded a lot fucking older in the clip I saw. Let me send you this link here. I got to send you a couple links. Hold on. We'll send you first this picture. Copy image. If you Google Chaz Palminteri Bronx Tale. You'll get some good pictures. Here we go. I found one. Um, here? No, no, no. See, I, I had a video. I think I found it. I typed in YouTube.com into Google. <laughs> Oh, it tells me to go to YouTube.com. Here we go. Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I've never seen a one-man show. Have you? I haven't seen many plays, period. But No, no. It's got to be exhausting. I don't know, man. Nobody where you got it. Go ahead, come on. Oh god, that's brutal. I don't know if I could sit. I mean, they've that. all got Italian accents. It, as, after a while, you got to be doing the same fucking voice for everybody, right? Uh, yeah. And he's, I mean, watching—he's not a master impression. Two hours of him being like, "Hey, forget <laughs> about it." Just put different people. He stands over one next to him right. and goes, "Yeah, forget about it." Oof, that could be. That's tough. Like, yeah. like they are drunk. Hold on, I'm doing the guy treats cops like they are drunk. Yep, here it is. Asking cops the same silly questions they ask us. <laughs> okay, send it to me. All right. All right, we done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this how you end your other one? Are we done? Well, we usually we announce what we're going to do the next week, but you've already picked the movie. Uh, yeah, uh, we're doing we're doing color money. Am I gonna get to pick one? And, okay, you want to pick the next no, one? No, no, we'll no. Color we'll do money. color money. No, I don't no, mind. No, 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 no. I don't have anything in mind, so we'll do that. I'll think of one for next time. Okay, think of one next time. It better be Paul Newman related. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a journey now. You know, uh, there is a Paul Newman reference in The Sopranos. I want you to know. You think I would remember it? What is? Yeah. It? So Tony does a scam where he buys some houses in the ghetto mm -hmm. and then gets HUD to buy them. Uh-huh. And he was suggested that scam by Carmela's brother, who's a straight guy. He's a CPA. Right. He gave him the idea. So they're all eating dinner together. 
and Tony's like, I came into some money and the, the guy's like HUD and Tony doesn't want Carmela to know that it's from a scam. So he's like, ah, the kid watches too many Paul Newman movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that totally, I've, I've rewatched Sopranos so many times. I've never, honestly, if I did catch it, I just like smirked and then moved on. And now I need to almost rewatch it just to see that and go, ha yes. I think it's season four, episode 10. It's uh, the same one that's got scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel in it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I have Sopranos questions for you. Because is, is, are you a fan of the later seasons or the early I love seasons? them all equally. In you fact, if anything, I don't know. like the first season as much. People, there are some people that hate the more it gets like dreams and this and they hate oh, it they great. can't stand it yeah uh those are the people like, where's the violence yeah they just want to watch goodfellas every week no no <clears throat> no that's no, good. the test uh, dream the test dream is the best episode it's one of the yes yes it is yeah yeah go inside go inside yeah no 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 that's not the test dream that's uh season six that's when he's in a coma what's the test dream that's the one where he's got to kill Buscemi, his cousin. So he has this dream um, where he's not doing what he's supposed to do. That's like the theme of it. And his old gym uh, coach yells at him about not being prepared. And he's got a gun and the bullets turn into chocolate. And then he has, dinner with, he has dinner with John Hurd and uh, Annette Benning. And John Hurd was I in the show. The, I remember the Annette Benning thing. Yeah, because he's like, you're Annette Benning. I'm and so <laughs> conflating that. And then, yeah, when he's in the coma. Yeah. And that's yeah, when he's... his cousin Tony's already dead. That's yes. why he's there. Yeah. But yeah, that, and it also has that dream logic thing too. He's hearing pounding and all this. Right. Man. Interesting. The, the coma, we I'm should... not as big on. It takes up a lot of episodes. That. I love, uh, anytime anybody, uh, when Christopher's in a coma and they play that great, was it notice writing song? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, my lover's prayer. That's what it is. Ooh, yeah. credit to me. I have a hard time ever remembering music. Uh, okay, so this is a Sopranos cast now, and we'll be going through episode <laughs> one of the Sopranos. Okay, we'll just call it. All right. Okay. Bye.